Wisdom, let us attend a reading of the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Glory to you. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. They cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. The Holy Gospel has been proclaimed among us. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Would you just sing this little chorus with me? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely in the light of his glory and grace. We come together this morning on this second Sunday of August to, to celebrate the Lord our God, who is our healer. As I told you last week, I wanted the whole month of August to be a month of healing Healing in our midst. I know not what the Lord wants to do. I know not whom he will heal. But as the Apostle Paul said, I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. You recognize those words as a beautiful old hymn. But they are also words of scripture from St. Paul himself. And I want to encourage you with those words. Last week, 11 candles were lit that you see here. Those candles represent a prayer that you made, something that you asked the Lord for, perhaps healing, an answer that you know you need for yourself or someone else. Four of those candles are represented by golden cards, and I tacked them to the, the wall of prayer right out there in the foyer so you can look at them every time you come in. And one of these days... Each week, I'm going to keep putting those cards up. So today, if somebody has a new request, or, or maybe you just 
weren't thinking of what to write down last week. And you can bring a new one to the Lord every week. He doesn't care. He is faithful. You can't overwhelm him with your prayer requests. And so as you come later in our communion and healing time, I invite you to, if you have a new request, just take one of those long skinny candles and light it off of the the Christ candle, the large candle, and just poke it down into the sand. And this morning, that's your gift to God as your request, your belief in faith that he wants to bring healing to you and or your request. And then each week, I'll replace those tall ones with the small, longer burning ones. Wouldn't it be glorious if all of this sand was full of lights lit to the Lord in faith? But wouldn't it be even more glorious if when one of those is answered, we can blow it out? We can extinguish it right here in our service. Because we believe We know whom we have believed and we are persuaded that he is able. As you you heard the gospel this morning, all all of these scriptures this morning uh, speak to us. The New Testament lesson speaks to us about the very gospel itself and how we are saved. And and truly, I I think we need to open our mind up into what healing is and, and what salvation is. We need to open our mind up to realize that real healing is salvation. And salvation is real healing. To be in Christ, to be one in Him, is all that really matters. I have seen people struggle with great illness, horrible struggles. And I've seen them do it with the peace of Christ in their soul. Their face glorified God even though they were in pain and struggling. Because they understood that even though their body had cancer, their soul was healed. And that they were one with Christ. Oh, that, oh, that I could have that. <laughs> Don't know that I would have that peace. I pray I could. I pray I will. But, but when we come to the Lord, as, as the Apostle Paul says in, in the New Testament, we, we come in faith. We come in faith believing. The Old Testament prophet Elijah, he was crying out to God because it seemed that the whole world was falling apart. It seemed everyone in Israel was now uh, fallen away, worshiping other gods. And in that process... He cries out to the Lord. He says, they're going to kill me. They killed all your prophets and they're going to kill me too. And God shows him his might and his power. And you know what? It wasn't in the earthquake or the fire or the strong winds. The mightiness of God that Elijah saw was in sheer silence, Scripture told us. That silence caught his attention so much that he walked to the entrance of the cave and covered himself with his cloak. And there he heard the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord telling him, everyone's not lost. I still have 7,000 people in this nation that have not bowed their knees to a foreign God. Go, go and minister. And then we come to the gospel today. The gospel today 
shows us Jesus in his transcendent glory. I, I, I like that word, transcendent. Last week I told you the gospel showed us Jesus was a compassionate healer. You know, after that long period of ministry and he was exhausted and he went alone to pray and the crowds followed him and it says they brought their sick and Jesus healed them. He took time to heal them even though he was exhausted. He is our compassionate God. And of course now he's our risen Lord. His humanity is, is, is healed in its sense that he is the risen Lord God and he lives forever, never to be exhausted again in his humanity. His humanity is deified. And, and in this, this morning's gospel, that story just follows on. It, it tells us that it, it, right there in the beginning of where I started reading at verse 14, I mean verse 22. At verse 22, it says that immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. And he made them cross to the other side, and he himself stayed to dismiss the crowds. Interesting, isn't it? That Jesus cared so much for his disciples. I mean, they were exhausted. Remember, they had just, uh, in, their, in the compassion of Jesus, he had them feed probably fifteen to 20,000 people with just two little loaves, two little fishes and five loaves of bread. And they were exhausted in their humanity from the mirror. Jesus cared for them in their exhaustion. He said immediately, you guys get into the boat and you go to the other side. I'll take care of the crowds. And we see them going out onto the, the sea and we see that there's a storm and they're driven by that. The boat is driven by the waves and that's a fascinating place, the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is actually below sea level. And it's surrounded by the hills and the Mediterranean is not very far. And those sea winds come over and they whip over those hills. And in no time, there can be a storm brew up when you didn't think there was one. That happened to me when we were on the Sea of Galilee back in 2011. It was a beautiful sunny morning. And by the time we got to the middle, we were going to cross the complete sea. And by the time we got to the middle in our boat that was made as a replica of Jesus' boat, although it was motorized, thankfully. And in that boat, I mean, the, the clouds got ominous and the wind picked up and I don't know how to swim. I was a little bit nervous. I'm, I'm not that comfortable on the water. And the waves were lapping against that boat. And our guide assured us we would make it to the other side. And we did. But I can't imagine the fear that the disciples had, as they had no motor in their boat. Their boat was a lot more frail than the one that we had built. And it was probably feeling like it was going to sink. Can you even imagine that kind of fear? But into that, Jesus cares because we see Jesus come walking on the water. What an amazing thing. So, so I want to come back to this word. I, I love this word, transcendent. I want you to hear this morning that Jesus is our transcendent healer. What, what does it mean to be transcendent? Well, I looked it up to be sure I knew in, in the dictionary, and it, it literally means to be otherworldly, to be something that is above and beyond comprehension in this world. It is beyond their comprehension that Jesus could have walked on the water. 
In fact, when they saw him passing by them, in some of the other gospel accounts, it says that he was passing by. And they saw him, they cried out because they thought it was a ghost. They did not know it was Jesus. But Jesus, again, and notice again, seeing their fear, Jesus says immediately. Matthew tells us immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, take heart. Do not, it is I, do not be afraid. Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Jesus cares for the fears of our lives. Whether that's sickness or disease or, or uh, physical ailment or relational problems, Jesus cares for the things that hurt us and give us fear. And in that fear, he comes to us, even this morning in this very service, and he says to us, take heart, it is I, do not fear. Jesus immediately did it for them, and Jesus immediately does it for us. Jesus brought them healing. It says that Peter was so encouraged by the thought that that was Jesus walking on the water that Peter literally said, Master, bid that I come to you. And so he says, come. I can tell you for sure I wouldn't have that much faith. I don't like to get in water over my head, let alone try to walk on it. But Peter did. Peter stepped out onto that water and guess what? He did it. Peter walked on water. So don't let anyone tell you that Jesus was the only one that walked on water. Peter walked on water until he took his eyes off Jesus and he began to sink. You see, that's the way we are in our lives. With Jesus, we can walk on any water. There is nothing that God cannot do for us. There's nothing that we cannot do in Jesus Christ. In his power. If we'll only believe, if we'll only keep our eyes on Jesus, oh, that we would, as we just sang, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face in all the things of the earth, all the fears, all the worries, all the anxiety, all the sickness, all the disease, they all fade away. You say, well, Brad, you might still have that sickness or disease. Yeah, but the fear of it will fade away. For Christ is perfect love, and perfect love casts out all fear. Scripture teaches us that. And in Him, we have perfect peace. So Peter begins to sink. And what do we hear Matthew say? But immediately, love that word, immediately Jesus reaches out and saves him. Reaches out. But as he saves him, he looks at Peter and he grabs his hand and he says, Oh, you of little faith. Oh, you of little faith. Hmm. Why did you doubt, Jesus said. Well, I don't know about you, but I've sure had my doubts in life. It's part of the brokenness of our humanity. I'm not preaching to you this morning that you will rise from this service with so much faith you'll never doubt again. You see, that's, that's just not part of our humanity, but, but we don't have to doubt. We shouldn't doubt. And when we do have doubts, we need to turn our eyes upon Jesus, just like Peter did, and immediately Jesus will save us. Jesus will be there with his hand out to us, just as he was to Peter. 
Jesus is our transcendent healer. He walked on water that day to show his transcendence. Scholars have always questioned and and wondered, why why did Jesus walk on the water? Well, a, a little careful study of ancient history teaches us that That the sea, that was the Mediterranean Sea or the Sea of Galilee or any ocean, the sea represented a place of great darkness and fear. In the beginning, humanity could could not cross a big body of water until, of course, they learned to build boats. And whoever could build the strongest boat and could pass the longest over the sea could go to other lands and begin to rule them. And so conquerors built navies. And sooner or later, the Mediterranean Sea was conquered by the Romans and conquered by the Greeks and and even before them, the, the Persians. You see, whoever could cross the sea could rule the world, in the ancient world. But none of them, not the Roman emperors, not... Alexander the Great, not the great kings of Persia, none of them could walk on water. You see, Jesus walked on the water to specifically show that he is more than just the conqueror of the seas. He's the creator of the seas. He's the creator of the world. He's the transcendent God come to be with them. And in his transcendence, he was glorified before them. I want to invite you this morning to think about our time of prayer, our time of Holy Communion, our time of anointing and healing. I want you to think about it differently this morning. I want you to think about it as Christ, our transcendent healer in the flame. I want you to think about Christ, our transcendent healer, in the bread and the wine. I want you to think about Christ, our transcendent healer, in the oil of anointing. And I want you to look right into his face. And I want you to put your faith in him. And I want you to pray big prayers. I want you to ask for healing. I don't know how God's going to do it, I just know God has promised to heal. He heals in many different ways. Sometimes he heals instantaneously. Next week in the gospel, we'll look at one of those. Just an instantaneous healing. Sometimes he heals over time because he knows when the time is best. Sometimes he heals through the gift of medicine because it is our transcendent healer who has given to humanity the knowledge, the technology to create medical treatments. In the midst of this coronavirus, we pray for answers. We pray for healing. We pray for a vaccine. I believe God wants to bring that to us. God did not not cause the coronavirus nor than any other virus or plague or illness or cancer. They are effects of living in a fallen world. But in the midst of that fallenness and in the midst of that heartache and pain and hurt and loss, 
Our transcendent healer, Jesus Christ, is among us to bring us healing. But we must have faith. And not doubt. James tells us, St. James, the epistle, he tells us, the brother of the Lord, tells us, if anyone needs wisdom, let him ask of the Lord. And then when you ask, God will, God will give you wisdom. He gives it joyfully and liberally, God, the scripture says. But when you get the wisdom, don't doubt. Because he who doubts is unstable in all his ways. Oh, that we could rise above our doubts. I want to move into a time of prayer and healing this morning. Our transcendent healer, Jesus, is with us by sharing a few, a few things with you. I started, as you know, we, we have our services streamed over Facebook, and uh, I've posted a few things, and, and in my Thursday morning Bible study that I teach online, uh, I've invited people to be a part of this healing adventure, and, and I have some requests right here that people have given me from, from that experience. I have one here for a man named Dennis who is going to have back surgery on the second with, with spurs in his back and a bulging disc and he, he's asking us to, to pray for his healing. We believe that surgery is appointed by God to be his healing and that it would be successful. I have one here from a dear friend of mine also and Dennis is a dear friend of mine. Sylvia. Sylvia is actually a part of my ministry. She's part of my board of directors for Brad Riley Ministries. Sylvia had a stroke a while back, and she's made marvelous recovery. She's 80 years old, I think, or 81, somewhere in there. But she still needs strength in her legs and her knees, and she has some tremors in her chest. And, and she said, I, I'm, I, she said I, Brad, I was watching your service last week, and I was moved by your time of healing. I, I want you to pray for my healing. And so we're going to anoint these cards. There's another one here from a lady named Lula Dawson, a dear, dear, sweet lady I've known in my ministry for many years. She's almost blind. And now she has some bleeding in her, behind her eyes. And she said, please, Pastor Brad, pray for the bleeding to stop, that I wouldn't lose all my eyesight. We're going to pray for that this morning. And, and then... Sandra Groney posted an email to me and to some of you probably that somebody reached out in just an, in an immediate email and said, we have a family emergency and we need healing. We're going to pray for that this morning. And this one, this one really moves me too. I got, a, I got a response on Facebook from somebody in Durham, North Carolina. I don't know them. His name is Mike. And he said, I need deliverance from drugs. Will you pray for me? I said, God anointed you to send that message. We're going to pray for them. So all of these are going to go on the board. We're going to pray over them. I'm going to anoint these cards even, as if that person were right here. And, and I'm going to anoint you if you come forward for someone else or for yourself. And, and you're, of course, always welcome to come to the table of the Lord this morning. 